auch wichtig, dass es ihnen Spaß gemacht hat, mit mir auf diese Weise zu sein und von Zeit zu Zeit zu hören. Ich hatte eine großartige Zeit, diese Podcast Folgen zu produzieren. Heute werden wir mit einem Freund von mir aus der Schule, der im Studentenrat tätig ist, über Behinderung sprechen und diese und um diese Art von Problemen ohne jemanden zu besprechen, der nicht Teil der Gemeinschaft ist. Also, lass uns anfangen. Aber bevor um sie möchte ich meine Meinung zu einigen Thema äußern. Ich möchte nur sagen, dass wir bei Tieren Verlauf dieser Pandemie wir darüber lernen können, wie die Menschen mit Behinderungen unterstützen können. Aber die große Lektion meiner Meinung nach ist die Schwierigkeit, eine Behinderung zu haben, wenn ich diejenigen unterstütze, die es können, glücklich über ihre Behinderung und erfolgreiche Karrieren aufgrund ihrer Behinderung dies auch weiterhin für andere zu tun. Wird es herausfordernder und teurer und es gibt keine Garantie dafür, dass die Unternehmen und Regierungen, die sie unterstützen, immer das sein werden. Ich hoffe, dass ihre Behinderung eines Tages geheilt wird und dass sich alle, die nicht einverstanden sind, daran erinnern, dass es nicht Behinderung ist, die sie menschlich macht, sondern über Überleben und Abneigungen gegen ihre Interessen, ihre Interessen und letztendlich ihre Person Persönlichkeit. das dann als Antworten auf Englisch sind. Nur damit Sie wissen, dass dann als Antworten auf Englisch sind, gibt es in der folgenden Beschreibung eine Hemmung 
Hi, Josh. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm super happy to be here. Um, as much as I love to involve student council in my answer, and we certainly are planning events and awareness campaigns for the future, I think to answer this question is very important to mention that change can be inspired anywhere and can be sparked by anyone. Take you, for example, creating your JD Dragon Tours and even this podcast from scratch. This is not necessarily to say that you didn't have any help. Like, I know that you had other teachers help you, but you took matters into your own hands and decided to pursue a cause close to you. I just have to stress the point that a title such as student council, although often logistically beneficial when trying to organize things within the school or the community, they're not essential. Anyone can and should always push themselves to contribute something bigger than themselves, just like you're doing right now. That's why I'm super happy to be here and that's why I'm so proud of you. Um, but yeah, if we're talking about student council, uh, we had a couple ideas in mind and I would love for you to hear them and I'd love to hear your response. Firstly, we don't want to discriminate in any way. So when we plan events, we cater them to the entire school. We don't want it we don't want to make a point of singling out anyone with a physical or mental disability. So our goal is to treat an individual with a disability just as they should be treated, like absolutely anyone else. We make it a point not to advertise specifically to that demographic, simply because we don't want to create tension or unwanted attention from others. Unless, of course, a member of the community, such as you, comes up to us and asks for some sort of a thing of that kind, like an awareness campaign that you actively want to participate in or associate yourself with in front of the members of the school. We also encourage the idea of awareness days in many events for all the students and staff to educate them and provide more sense of community within the school. As you know, unfortunately, due to the current circumstances, any public events that were likely to take place at the school are cancelled. So we're hoping to introduce virtual awareness events available to everyone, not just the enough population soon. We at Student Council are always appreciative of suggestions and feedback, so uh, we always love your feedback. We know you're an avid member. Um, but to all your viewers and your listeners out there, please feel free to email us at student-council at isbasel.ch. We'd love to hear from you guys. Question number two. Um, as mentioned before, I see no reason to treat anyone differently than you would any other friend, given they are comfortable with that dynamic between you two. I do think it's important to ask some questions, not necessarily to pry or to make anyone uncomfortable, but to establish what kind of relationship you have with this person or ask openly if you have any concerns about how to act around them. Like when I first met you, I had never met someone with cerebral palsy, so obviously I was interested. <laughs> it was, uh, you're super open and super kind to me, and you explained whatever I needed to know, but I realized there's no reason to approach you any differently than I would one of my other friends, so that's why we're so close now. And I was confident enough to ask those questions without trying to be rude or without trying to pry into your life, and you were kind enough to answer them. So it's important to have sort of an open, open dynamic and I, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much that with how I act around people. Um, of course, you must take everything I say with a grain of salt because I myself cannot speak for a member of the community. 
but I've become really good friends with you and this has always kind of been my approach, so I guess I must be doing something right. Um, people should never be shamed for this, their disability. That's just period. They shouldn't. That's also not to say they are ashamed for wanting a cure for it, that there's a fine line. Ultimately, disability doesn't define you. Um, I say, and many people say, you are your own person and you should be defined by your actions, your principles, and so on. The things you do in your life, the things you accomplish, what you strive towards, just like how I define you, Josh, as this motivated individual who's created so many things and is so much fun, such a lively person. That said, your disability may well have played a big part in your life and it would be wrong to completely dismiss it. Sometimes it's important to acknowledge the part it's played. The best advice I can give, I think, from personal experience, and it doesn't necessarily relate to disability, but to one's attitude towards life in general, so to absolutely anyone, is try to be proud and don't be afraid to be proud. It's not easy to gain confidence when you are self-conscious about your appearance, your abilities, and others' perceptions of you. I, I get that, I really do. But it's truly an attribute with learning over time. Believe in yourself and take some time in your day to appreciate how complex you are. Because there's no one just like you, and that's truly incredible. I don't think people give that enough credit. Of course, I understand the want for a cure. It's completely reasonable. What is completely unreasonable is not giving yourself the value you should simply because you're different from everyone else. Question three. <clears throat> um, this is an interesting question for me because I guess I've never really thought about the nitty gritty definition itself. And since I'm very privileged and I've never had to face any sort of issues such as these. So... I guess from my perspective, disability encompasses an individual who is either born with or at some point develops a physical or mental disadvantage when compared to the average human. I really don't see it as any more than that, just a disadvantage. Just like I said before, it doesn't define the person. It if its effects may be significant and may be part of their identity, but ultimately that person is that person because of their character, their soul, whatever they like to do, not their disability. I know that history has provided the term disabled with uh, several negative connotations, but I don't think it's a matter of linguistics or the definition, but rather one of ignorance and education. You probably think this too. The word itself simply states the broad overarching state, which obviously differs from person to person. Discrimination stems from fear of the unknown and fear of the different. So it's funny to think, you know, in a time where the world is becoming significantly more open and accepting of all ways of life, like in all kinds of different paths of life, I see absolutely no reason that the disabled community should be held to any different standard than everyone else. I mean, there's still a long way to go. I don't expect things to change from one day to the next. And there will always be trolls and bullies who hide behind their negative comments simply because, you know, they're insecure. They have their own issues. But I really want to stress that it's important to focus on the big picture and remember all of those who support you and acknowledge your progress because that's huge. And you really should just crack open a book sometime and see the steps everyone's made or just even acknowledge like the little things in life. You got to celebrate all those little things. 
So give yourself credit where credit's due. And I think for you, Josh, this is uh, certainly an opportunity where you should definitely celebrate your podcast. Question four. <laughs> I, people ask me this quite a lot, or I've been asked that in the past couple years. And I've never really developed a great answer for it, but I guess I can, I can sort of come up with something here. Um, I've always been fascinated by language and this is truly a language like no other because, you know, it's, it's not spoken. Uh, it's all signed with your hands or your face and your whole body. It's a really sort of emotive, expressive, active language. Um, I guess it started when I was little and I met a family friend with this really, really cute, like adorable little boy who had had a tracheostomy, which if you don't know, is a procedure where you put a tube down your throat so you can breathe. So this little boy was a unable to speak. Um, I spent hours with him. I remember playing with him on a trampoline in my cousin's garden at some sort of a barbecue. And I was really intrigued as to how he communicated with his parents because it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Like, of course, I'd seen people sign on TV and stuff like in the news. But this was real life and I got to see it right in front of me. And I thought it was so cool. And I thought it was, I just wanted to learn how to communicate with him. Because obviously I could speak to him and he could sign some things back to me. But I wanted to know exactly what he meant. And not have his parents translate for me all the time. And this was long ago, by the way. But it's, I think it's always like kind of stuck with me. Um, so since then I've been eager to learn. I was able to communicate. I want to be able to communicate with as many people as I can. And the special thing about sign is um, sign language. So although it's not completely universal, as many people don't know actually, it's quite similar from country to country, different regions. And you can communicate with people like I've learned American sign language, ASL, but I can go up to someone here in Switzerland who's deaf or who knows sign and still sign and they'll still be able to understand to a certain extent. Like there are small details that are different, but the overall gist of it is really well communicated. And I think that's really, really cool. It's not like learning a whole new language that takes you forever and you get the pronunciation right. And it's, it's more of a difficult process. It is really more active and more intense and hands-on. Um, and I actually have a little story of where I put my American Sign Language to use when I was visiting a foreign country. <laughs> It, um, it really touched my heart. It was, it was a special moment for me. Uh, so I was traveling in Tanzania on a school trip, like a school service trip uh, last year in October. And we visited this beautiful estate turned into a hotel and a workshop in Arusha. Uh, it's called Shanga, S-H-A-N-G-A. The workshop was manned completely by local people with disabilities, which I found so cool. I've never seen anything like it. But it was like, it was truly beautiful, super open. You could hear the birds and the sun was shining and it was colorful. Um, so most of these people who had disabilities were deaf. Of course, there were others, but the majority, I think it was like 80% of them uh, were deaf. And they spent their time in this beautiful, like colorful, bright workshop making these pieces of art and decorations out of recycled materials which also, as Josh may know, you is a passion of mine because I'm super into 
environmental causes and I think making art and stuff out of recycled materials is not only like really good for the environment but it's also just a really interesting way to um, profit out of some, like something when you don't have a lot of materials and you should have seen the art they made it was like really incredible it was, uh, it was really unique each piece was different uh, their specialty actually were pieces of jewelry made of shanga or glass beads hence the name um, so we were introduced to the workers and I was extremely excited that I could communicate with them individually using sign language. I wasn't expecting it. I uh, think I only heard about, um, our visit to this place on the day of or the day before. So it completely like hit me out of the blue, but I remembered and I was so ready and stuff. And although my skills were relatively basic and I had not previously had full conversations, so to speak, in sign... It wasn't, like, obviously it wasn't perfect, but it was truly a moment that touched my heart, especially when I saw one of the workers' faces light up when she saw me sign to her, because these people, they're so kind, they're so sweet, and they're used to people coming and visiting and looking at what they're doing, and they love doing that, but they always have to have someone uh, translate for them, so the, like a type of tour guide sort of communicating, signing to the workers, and then speaking back to us in English. So when I step up there... And I waved at her and then I started introducing myself in sign. She had this huge smile on her face and it really, really made me happy. And then she let the friend next to her know. And next thing I know, I'm like, I'm uh, trying to keep up with the sign with like five different people in this workshop who, who are just like ecstatic and really excited to show me what they're doing and stuff. And obviously that was an incredible experience. I really, really had a good time then. Uh, I... <laughs> I actually left the workshop with a little elephant, like a, you know, like a stuffed elephant made out of recycled fabrics to remind me of my experience there because I really, really enjoyed it and I, I wanted to have some sort of like a keepsake and I wanted to be able to support the organization because they're really for a good cause and I suggest you support them too if you can. Um, and it still brings me joy every time I see it, so it was definitely a good investment. Uh, I also remember the motto of the organization, which is really special. It was actually written on one of the walls of the place as a mural. And I remember taking some photos next to it. It's really, really beautiful. It says, um, kindness is a language blind people see and deaf people hear. And I just thought it was really touching. And I, I like that message. And especially to see it somewhere, you know, I, I wasn't expecting it. So... So yeah, I guess that's my experience with sign language. And I would strongly encourage all of you to learn a little bit at least, like, hello, my name is blah, 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 where are you from? It's really easy, really quick to learn, like grammar is not hard at all and stuff. So strongly suggest that. Oh, and I strongly suggest you visit Shanga if you're ever in Tanzania, because it's truly, truly worth it. Or go and visit their website, just type in Shanga. It should be the top one. But yeah, that's, that's my experience with sign. And question number five, last one. <laughs> there are so many things that I really enjoy. I like this question actually because um, there's a lot to say here and I'm, I'm probably not going to address all of it because there's no time. But uh, there's no one answer to that. If I remember correctly, I met you at the Personal Project Exhibition two years ago where you were presenting your project about cerebral palsy at a booth outside the library. And this was the first time I was really introduced to someone with cerebral palsy. 
and you had the super like elaborate presentation up. I remember watching a video of you explaining your life and explaining your condition. And I thought it was super interesting. And honestly, from then on, I can't really remember how our friendship happened, but I guess we've been friends since then. Uh, we're both in choir. We have other shared friends, so it might've been through that. So <laughs> who knows really? Um, but anyway, as you know, I think you're incredibly special and you're truly one of the most motivated people I've ever met. And that's, that's a lot to say because I know a bunch of people, but I, no one can really keep up with the pace of stuff that you do. It's, it's really fun and really incredible how you come up with all these different projects and stuff. And you just really get into it. You get going. Um, I love when someone decides to take on a project and doesn't wait to be handheld by other people. It's, it's special. Like, I know a lot of people who are creative and who want to do certain things, but they always, they just lack that little spark there and that's something you have which is really rare sometimes and you should be super proud of that so I mean all those things aside you're creative and incredibly intelligent you're really really smart like you know a bunch about history and stuff and history I'll say for sure is not my strong suit so I remember you telling me about your family line and telling me about all the different things you're into and it's you can have a really like fun conversation with you because you have so much to say and uh, you're kind of an entrepreneur with all the things you've done, you know, with the Dragon Tours, with this podcast. And I mean, you're simply really easy to talk to. So you're always friendly. You always manage to put a smile on my face, even on not so good days. And that means a lot. So I'm very happy about that. And I want you to know um, that I'm super proud of you. Like, keep it up. Absolutely. And I really want to thank you for letting me be part of this episode in your podcast. I've listened to your other episodes and, you know, I've been there with you since you started it and look at the progress you've made. So yeah, keep it up. And thank you for everything, Josh.